0: Welcome back, soul sibling. So, in real time, I'm actually putting the finishing touches on this episode on Halloween. It's the late afternoon. And so, when you're listening to this in real time, it's going to be the first part of November. So, welcome to November, December. Welcome to the last 60 days of this decade. And November, December are always a really powerful couple months for me because I set very strong intentions to be mindful and to cultivate light. So in order to assist you, here I am with regular podcast episodes, I will be exploring questions that you have sent in to me. A while back, I asked for people to send questions, hurdles, stumbling blocks, I put out feelers and asked you my tribe if you would share where you're at on the spiritual path. So, today we're going to look at Amelia's question. Thanks Amelia for sending this in. Yes, of course, we'll start at the very beginning, a very good place to start when you sing you be, when you read you begin with ABC. So, Amelia, And before I get into Amelia's question, I want to preface just by saying I've been kind of struggling. This is podcast episode 110, and over the next 10 episodes, I'm going to really step it up. In order to go 2020 on you, I'm stepping up 20 notches, y'all, and I really want to get out of this hurdle for me, which is I feel like I need to do things a certain way. And I feel like I'm regurgitating like mumbo jumbo marketing stuff. And I just, I really want to try, I am going to offer the best, most heart forward, honest and concise information to you over this Q&A section of the podcast. And the second idea is that I realize that there are a lot of holes in our society and culture when it comes to our elders. Learning from the elders, elders stepping up and teaching, elderhood being respected and valued. And I realized that I'm in a spot in my life where I ain't no young chicken anymore. I know I look young, but I'm wearing my first pair of progressive glasses right here. I'm touching them with my fingers. Of course, they're blue. Duh. And I I realize that it's I want to fight this I want to be that young boy forever and I'm ready to step into it and I've decided to take a new name in addition to Mr. Blue and Dr. Blue. That name shall be known as Blue Elder. That's right. I'm stepping up to be an elder. When I was going through some of my early days of HIV and AIDS, there were times where I connected with this group of men who were older than me. Of course, there were trans and non-gender or binary, non-gender specific, or any variation that I lost too soon that were not part of the generation above me because AIDS came in and took so many. And so here I am, willing and ready, and that's the preface. So before we get to Amelia's... Question, I do have one awesome thing to share with you. Remember my installment of the podcast called Namaste? Well, this week at the yoga studio, I just couldn't resist. And I actually went right into my car after yoga, real time on my iPhone, and I recorded an audio. So thanks for joining in on this new installment of Namaste. <laughs> Hey kitty girl, I am coming to you live from the inside of my car, outside of the yoga studio. It's Monday morning and oh my gosh, there's this woman, bless her heart. She probably has every intention of goodness and kindness. However, I'm sitting on my mat after class finished my class she's one of the incoming students and good morning Alexander oh good morning and I'm just rolling up my mat spraying my blue bottle of essential oils with cinnamon and clove all over myself and my mat and then she proceeds we had an apostle visit yesterday rattled off names found his name she's probably close to 60 And someone asked him, they asked him, you know, what do we do about LGBT, whatever, you know? And he said, I thought what he said was so good. He just said, you know, we don't really know why that happens. Well, we just need to love them. We just need to love them. And she proceeds to say, I just, I just thought that was a really good answer. And I just was on the ground <laughs> and I just kept my mouth very still and my insides very, very, um, equanimitable. And I just looked up at her and just, you know, listened and didn't move towards anything or away from anything. And then she left and I was like, that's, fucking lame. Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And like, that's just, ugh. This is a very natural, beautiful, perfect, normal part of the percentage of some of us humans. Most, many are heterosexual. And some, and a very strong percentage, have you know, attractions for both sexes or for the same sex and it's totally normal and it's natural and this, this like subtle ignorance and this passive aggressive way of discounting someone with, we don't know, let's just love them. We don't know why this happens. Yeah, we do know why. It's completely a natural evolution for some people. It's their experience as a human. And this just sends so many conflicting messages. And I mean, I'm so far removed from some of the layers. And it's so... Like, it feels like this woman is just coming in and, like, stabbing me in the heart. And particularly for me, what it's about is all these other young people who are in the realms of that religion... Who are trying to find some sense of self And some sort of direction And this is, this is the answer And it's just crazy to me So, namas gay The gay in me acknowledges every part of you Okay, a couple items First off I'm grateful that I get to be in these conversations with people. I've had a few interactions with this woman and she is making an effort. However, our language and our words are a window and they are so revealing. So first mistake, in my opinion, this LGBTQ, I, whatever, no, no, no. Like this is where we learn. So where I'm in my learning curve, I do a Monday night meeting. It's an LGBTQIA plus meeting, and I'm a co-facilitator. And in this meeting, we introduce ourselves with our pronouns. I go by Alexander, I'm he and him. Some people go by she and her. Others do they and them. And so it's been it's been challenging for me to work on using, hey, they want us in inst- they they they're going to help you with that in just a minute I'm referring to this one individual I've been working on it to teach myself to show respect to show valid to offer visibility to the person I'm engaging with because it's very important to them so LGBTQIA plus terminology I'm going to put a link for you to check this out in the show notes go check it out it's really great you can learn something the second thing When you go up to people in certain social settings, I think it's important to be conscientious of your intention. Like, what was her intention in sharing that with me? Like, I don't seem to be that visible to her because if she really knew who I was, if she ever listens to this, if she really were down the rabbit hole with me, Well, then the question could be, well, am I willing to go down the rabbit hole with her? And so, but where I want to stay is just be careful sometimes, and mindful is the better word, of what you say to people and why you're saying what you're saying. For example, in that very same community of Mormonism, I was always in shock that some of the most simple and introductory conversations socially were, oh, who are you dating? What are you doing for work? Like some of the most loaded questions. What are you studying? Like very loaded questions as opposed to really just getting to know someone and being with them. And the last idea is that, you know, we do have to be a bridge. And so part of me is continuing my confession to this conversation where I'm offering a couple ideas. And I realize that I get to practice with people. Sometimes I'm human and sometimes I go through where I'm like, why are you saying this to me? And it's just not good enough at all for me. Like this is so perfectly normal and that's just where I stand, period. And I realize that there's going to be differing opinions on that. So if you know that about me now, dear yoga friend, maybe you stop sharing some of the things you're sharing with me and maybe you adjust that based off of knowing where I'm at in my life. So, let's dive in. Amelia sent an email to me, and she's wondering about intuition. So, the art of intuition. How do I follow my intuition without question? How many of you can relate? Where is your intuition? What is it? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And I think this is an important characteristic of Amelia's question, which is, when I know my intuition and I get to know it and I feel it, hear it, see it, taste it, then the next part is, how do I follow it without question? So Amelia, thanks so much. I think the first place that I'd really like to start is with the word intuit. Intuit could mean look upon. Intuit, to instruct from within. Intuit to understand or learn by instinct. And so then this brings us to instinct, and this is my notebook, you hear the sound. I've started to handwrite this information because handwriting is such a magical process for me. So once we define intuition, Amelia, then what arises is instinct as well. And then, of course, where I'm headed always is a pro-mindfulness tip, a mindset shift based off of mindfulness, which really is listen. How do I listen? And so I want to share a quote from Mark Nepo. I've been listening to his stuff. He's so amazing. His words are like butter. They're like butter. It's poetry. Here he says, quote, the way we think and feel and sense our way into all we don't know is the art of intuition. One more time, the way we think and feel and sense our way into all we don't know is the art of intuition, end quote. Mark Nepo also defines instinct. So we're now looking at instinct as well. And he says, quote, learning we are born with is your instinct. So when I went to the definition of intuition, I also read this which seems appropriate and helpful direct perception of truth fact independent of any reasoning process immediate apprehension so there seems to be this direct immediate visceral experience going on and then of course perception of truth you you being the one with the intuition And so it got me to thinking also about how interesting where perception is such a pivotal part of our experience because you and me can be looking at the same situation and let's say we're hearing the same symphony and your perception of what you're hearing and mine could be so different. So number one, I think that I, instinct, intuition are really about I, And right now this I is an individual thing, but once we start looking within, one of the most powerful things to know is that within, that individual goes deeper into a collective community and consciousness. And I really believe that listening is so difficult these days. So much noise and distraction, so much we avoid so quickly, stillness. We avoid meditation. As I dug deeper, Sophie Burnham, this is what she said about intuition. Quote, intuition might send messages like subtle whispers and thunderous bolts from the blue, end quote. And of course, I love it because blue's in there. So on one side, the intuition, you might hear a very subtle whisper. And on another side, you might hear a thunderous bolt from the blue. So then your ability to listen becomes quite interesting and creative. On Sunday, I was doing my Sunday thing. And a lot of times Sunday is very still for me. It's a time of things that are important to me, not rushing around. And in the middle of my afternoon, I had some time to reach out. And I often do this where I'm, I'm, opening up time to reach out and help other people. And often in my recovery addiction world, that's a space where I can make phone calls and return phone calls because there's quite a bit of opportunity there with where I'm at in that community. And all of a sudden, boom, my niece was at top of mind. So I just, well, initially I had a lot of thoughts. One was I thought, well, it's her turn to call me. Like she hasn't been really engaging with me. And I did not let any of that happen. I didn't let any of that sway me because it was very small. It was a subtle whisper. Just boom, call your niece, And all these other voices started. And I just moved out of them and just called my niece. She answered the phone. We spent an hour together and she was in a moment. One of those moments where she needs Uncle Blue to just be right there. It was magical. So on the flip side, let me share a thunderous bolt from Blue that I remember recently, about five years ago. I almost left California. I was interviewing for a position in Utah, and I was going to go back into social work. I couldn't quite figure out my career and in the transition and I was getting really stressed about the future and finances and getting out of debt and so I had this job opportunity come up and I went with it and it looked like a really great offer to where I would be making the highest salary at that point that I had ever been offered so I went through the process went to Utah and I interviewed I would be back in social work I would be a director of a treatment center well the reality is, is I was also in my relapsing period and not talking about it honestly, and here I was having this interesting reflection as I'm visiting this site, sitting in group meetings with addicts, inpatient treatment facility. To cut to the main point, the thunderous bolt of blue that showed up is when I went through the entire process And I negotiated a salary that I had never had before, the highest salary offer. I then took all the information. I created a space where I could ask my best mentors their opinion. And from there, I took it to spirit and stillness. And I'm like, what do I do? And I thought, you make the decision. And then why don't you ask spirit to confirm? And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this job. And when I declared this when I was in that space, made the decision, a thunderous bolt from the blue said, stay here, you will not go anywhere, you are staying in California. And it was so thunderous, <laughs> I heard thunder, I didn't, but it felt thunderous within my experience and perception. And so come to find out a year later, this whole this whole facility closed their doors. And I would not have been happy to be back in Utah without that job. I think it's important for you to identify how you experience your intuition, like learning about it. So if it's subtle often or sometimes thunderous, like where do you hear it? Where do you feel it in your body? Are there certain experiences or places in your space that will cultivate the intuition? And then this brings me to some other information, interesting enough, that I found from this woman who calls herself an intuitive strategist. Her name is Mary Frances Mekchen. And like always, if you don't know, I do have a podcast page for each episode. So today is viralmindfulness.com forward slash 110. These are still a little bit in development, but they will have the resources, the links, the things I mention and show notes. And so just know that that's there. So Mary Frances Mikichen, she's a writer, meditation coach and intuitive strategist. I loved it. The things you can find online and the, the names we call ourselves. My most interesting name is that I'm a spiritual escort for the modern woman everything but the sex, yo. (laughs) It's true. So she says there's a couple things that we need to be aware of. And one is, is that there's things that get in the way of our intuition. So for example, our fear, and now I'm kind of, you know, springboarding from her stuff your selfishness or your ego she used the word projections where you're projecting onto something so here's three steps that she gave that i thought you know would be really helpful for you um she says number one so i'm using my new glasses (laughs) and i can't see Because I have to tilt my head, they're progressive lenses. Okay. Number one is mindful awareness. So like I was talking, we're paying attention, and you're becoming aware of all of this. And then number two is a more action based to pay attention. Intuition, she says, is never angry or disappointed voice from within. Intuition comes from the quiet, calm, or a detached space inside us, or it comes out of the blue. Pops up. She also uses that blue metaphor. The intuition pops up when we're when we're doing something else, she said. And so first she's saying mindful awareness, which you know we're talking about where you're, you're looking to cultivate that space. And then from there, you're paying attention and practicing. And then the third idea is to trust yourself, that you need to learn to practice to trust yourself, Amelia. Intuition sometimes defies logic and circumstantial evidence, she says. Following intuition can be a leap of faith in yourself. So we're talking about what's getting in our way of intuition projections fear selfishness your ego well it sounds like two for you amelia you're talking about this inability to one follow through and also to tell people and declare your intuition and so there could be some of that world coming up and i relate to that world where I get so connected to others. I don't want to hurt their feelings. I want to help. I mean, you can call it codependent sometimes. I've been in that space, but I feel like it's a whole world. There's a lot of people who can help deconstruct this with you. And so I'm thinking that trusting yourself and speaking your truth is a big part of this. And how do we do that? Like, you know, this always comes back to me to some of the basic place that I used to start with any client in therapy. You know, when people come in in the beginning and they have all these things, the perfect place to start is, okay, let's chunk it down to your 24 hours in the day. Like, you need to spend an hour a day where you're really in tune with your being, you're practicing spiritual connection. And if it's 15 minutes, that's fine. And it's 30. But man, if you can get an hour a day where you are really connecting with higher power, with the universe, with nature, with meditation, with listening, with cultivating more awareness, with prayer, uh, this type of connection is like, you know, plugging into the universe. So that's definitely a place to start as well. I think following your intuition and that leap of faith to trust yourself, I I think that you're going to make a mistake sometimes. And what if your intuition says one thing and then, you know, you do it anyway? Or what if you follow your intuition and it's not a positive experience? And so then that brings up that idea of failure and mistakes. And I really want to live my life at this point where it's like, you know, I'm doing the best I know how, and part of my main experience in being here, this soul in this body vehicle, this meat suit as Alexander, Mr. Blue, is to have experiences. And we're going to have so many. I'm having so many. And so if I can be less detached to, ooh, is this positive? Ooh, is this sad? I'm just having experience today, and if this isn't working, or this is too much pain, and there's another road, and I want to make a different decision, Great. I think that that is really a powerful idea that's helping me. So I wanna finish today, Amelia, by offering you some of my kind of mindfulness, mindset shift ideas. So I hope that gives you all some interesting things to think about with the art of intuition. And as always, feel free to visit my website and you can contact me with any questions, follow up comments, future ideas so my suggestions to wrap this up practice with small steps and topics so instead of working with your intuition on your husband or your child maybe you start with people in the middle the middle world the neutral people people at the grocery store people that you just kind of know like start following and practicing that awareness, and then practicing with people who are not your biggest relationships. The second idea, believe in magic. Magic, my life is a constant stream of miracles, is what my dear Prince Bryce Orvin says. And it's so true, I love it and I say it often. So believe in the magic, believe that your intuition is working, and I'm very interested in also taking it to next th- step three, which is you're not going to mess up. And sometimes your intuition is working and you're going to be obsessed and attached to a certain result. And so staying a little bit detached from the results, but just trusting that your job is to follow the intuition and to let go of the results and if the if the intuition gets you to more money and you know a new relationship and yada yada great but if it gets you to a breakdown if it gets you into losing a major client if it gets you to some disease in your body hey great where do i go from here the fourth step listen meditation is a tricky word The M word. So I'm now throwing out what if you listen regularly throughout the day? What if you sit and observe for structured 10 minute listens, practice listening, practice listening to yourself That is no better place I know of to practice becoming aware of your perceptions, your projections, your fear, your selfishness. That is some of the magic of the meditation process. Set that timer for 10 minutes on your phone. Start to finish. Turn off the ringer. Set your timer for 10 minutes. That sound will interrupt the silent mode. And just start and finish and stay there and watch and observe and listen. And the... Another idea is get into your body. Our body is such a great vehicle for knowing and feeling information. So your heart, you know, not just <clears throat> isolated parts, your entire body down to your fingers and your toes dancing music. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that soon. And so get into it. Get into your body and pay attention. Like sometimes what I'll do, <clears throat> I'm doing this right now actually. I'm trying to scale. I'm actually scaling my business. And I have a new client that wants me for some specific items and I just not wanting to do it entirely. I'm something's going on. And so I'm like, okay, it's important then this weekend for me to get into my body in yoga and dancing and hiking and really find and listen to it in a visceral body. See, because all On a really pro-mindfulness idea, we have all this information. And if you can't let the information drop into your heart and your body and your being, what good is it for? We are in information overload. Like, information is just bouncing off of people. So that's it. There you go, Amelia. I absolutely love and adore you. It was such a treat to see you in Northern California. And for any of you other listeners who want to send questions, please feel free. You can also make it into this series of Q&As. And uh, just so you know, I've started IGTV Alexander. That's right. Alexander TV is back with Alexander IGTV so you can get all that magic over at vir- at, um viral mindfulness is the name of my Instagram account and um, I wanted to just let you know that I'm working on a concert for 2020 and I recorded a short little clip because it's going to bring us into the holiday season and I saw Joni Mitchell uh, in person she wasn't performing but she was at a concert and Brandi Carlisle was singing her entire album called Blue it's her fourth album, I've been studying Joni, and so now I'm learning this song. Here's a short clip. I'll see you next time. I wish I had a river I could skate away on But it don't snow here, it stays pretty green I'm gonna make a lot of money and then I'm gonna quit this crazy I, wish I had a river I could skate away. On. Let me be your muse to music, mindfulness, creativity, and compassion over at my website viralmindfulness.com. You can also find me regularly throughout the week over at Instagram. That's also at Viral Mindfulness.